Section three of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book one, chapter three. The second marriage and the second family. Very shortly after getting his four-year-old Mitya off his hands, Fyodor Pavlovitch married a second time. His second marriage lasted eight years. He took this second wife, Sofia Ivanovna, also a very young girl, from another province where he had gone upon some small piece of business in company with a Jew. Though Fyodor Pavlovitch was a drunkard and a vicious debauchee, he never neglected investing his capital and managed his business affairs very successfully, though no doubt not over scrupulously. Sofia Ivanovna was the daughter of an obscure deacon, and was left from childhood an orphan without relations. She grew up in the house of a general's widow, a wealthy old lady of good position, who was at once her benefactress and tormentor. I do not know the details, but I have only heard that the orphan girl, a meek and gentle creature, was once cut down from a halter in which she was hanging from a nail in the loft so terrible were her sufferings from the caprice and everlasting nagging of this old woman who was apparently not bad-hearted but had become an insufferable tyrant through idleness fyodor pavlovitch made her an offer inquiries were made about him and he was refused but again as in his first marriage he proposed an elopement to the orphan girl there is very little doubt that she would not on any account have married him if she had known a little more about him in time but she lived in another province besides what could a little girl of sixteen know about it except that she would be better at the bottom of the river than remaining with her benefactress so the poor child exchanged a benefactress for a benefactor fyodor pavlovitch did not get a penny this time for the general's widow was furious she gave them nothing and cursed them both but he had not reckoned on a dowry what allured him was the remarkable beauty of the innocent girl above all her innocent appearance which had a peculiar attraction for a vicious profligate who had hitherto admired only the coarser types of feminine beauty those innocent eyes slit my soul up like a razor he used to say afterwards with his loathsome snigger in a man so depraved this might of course mean no more than sensual attraction as he had received no dowry with his wife and had so to speak taken her from the halter he did not stand on ceremony with her making her feel that she had wronged him he took advantage of her phenomenal meekness and submissiveness to trample on the elementary decencies of marriage he gathered loose women into his house and carried on orgies of debauchery in his wife's presence to show what a pass things had come to i may mention that grigory the gloomy stupid obstinate argumentative servant who had always hated his first mistress adelaida ivanovna took the side of his new mistress he championed her cause abusing fyodor pavlovitch in a manner little befitting a servant and on one occasion broke up the revels and drove all the disorderly women out of the house 
in the end this unhappy young woman kept in terror from her childhood fell into that kind of nervous disease which is most frequently found in peasant women who are said to be possessed by devils at times after terrible fits of hysterics she even lost her reason yet she bore fyodor pavlovitch two sons ivan and alexey the eldest in the first year of marriage and the second three years later when she died little alexey was in his fourth year and strange as it seems i know that he remembered his mother all his life like a dream of course at her death almost exactly the same thing happened to the two little boys as to their elder brother mitya they were completely forgotten and abandoned by their father they were looked after by the same grigory and lived in his cottage where they were found by the tyrannical old lady who had brought up their mother she was still alive and had not all those eight years forgotten the insult done her all that time she was obtaining exact information as to her sophia's manner of life and hearing of her illness and hideous surroundings she declared aloud two or three times to her retainers it serves her right god has punished her for her ingratitude exactly three months after sophia ivanovna's death the general's widow suddenly appeared in our town and went straight to fyodor pavlovitch's house she spent only half an hour in the town but she did a great deal it was evening fyodor pavlovitch whom she had not seen for those eight years came in to her drunk the story is that instantly upon seeing him without any sort of explanation she gave him two good resounding slaps on the face seized him by a tuft of hair and shook him three times up and down then without a word she went straight to the cottage to the two boys seeing at the first glance that they were unwashed and in dirty linen she promptly gave grigory too a box on the ear and announcing that she would carry off both the children she wrapped them just as they were in a rug put them in the carriage and drove off to her own town grigory accepted the blow like a devoted slave without a word and when he escorted the old lady to her carriage he made her a low bow and pronounced impressively that god would repay her for the orphans you are a blockhead all the same the old lady shouted to him as she drove away fyodor pavlovitch thinking it over decided that it was a good thing and did not refuse the general's widow his formal consent to any proposition in regard to his children's education as for the slaps she had given him he drove all over the town telling the story it happened that the old lady died soon after this but she left the boys in her will a thousand roubles each for their instruction and so that all be spent on them exclusively with the condition that it be so portioned out as to last till they are twenty-one for it is more than adequate provision for such children if other people think fit to throw away their money let them i have not read the will myself but i heard there was something queer of the sort very whimsically expressed the principal heir yefim petrovitch polyanov the marshal of nobility of the province turned out however to be an honest man 
writing to fyodor pavlovitch and discerning at once that he could extract nothing from him for his children's education though the latter never directly refused but only procrastinated as he always did in such cases and was indeed at times effusively sentimental yefim petrovitch took a personal interest in the orphans he became especially fond of the younger alexey who lived for a long while as one of his family i beg the reader to note this from the beginning and to yefim petrovitch a man of a generosity and humanity rarely to be met with the young people were more indebted for their education and bringing up than to any one he kept the two thousand roubles left to them by the general's widow intact so that by the time they came of age their portions had been doubled by the accumulation of interest he educated them both at his own expense and certainly spent far more than a thousand roubles upon each of them i won't enter into a detailed account of their boyhood and youth but will only mention a few of the most important events of the elder ivan i will only say that he grew into a somewhat morose and reserved though far from timid boy at ten years old he had realized that they were living not in their own home but on other people's charity and that their father was a man of whom it was disgraceful to speak this boy began very early almost in his infancy so they say at least to show a brilliant and unusual aptitude for learning i don't know precisely why but he left the family of yefim petrovitch when he was hardly thirteen entering a moscow gymnasium and boarding with an experienced and celebrated teacher an old friend of yefim petrovitch ivan used to declare afterwards that this was all due to the ardor for good works of yefim petrovitch who was captivated by the idea that the boy's genius should be trained by a teacher of genius but neither yefim petrovitch nor this teacher was living when the young man finished at the gymnasium and entered the university as yefim petrovitch had made no provision for the payment of the tyrannical old lady's legacy which had grown from one thousand to two it was delayed owing to formalities inevitable in russia and the young man was in great straits for the first two years at the university as he was forced to keep himself all the time he was studying it must be noted that he did not even attempt to communicate with his father perhaps from pride from contempt for him or perhaps from his cool common sense which told him that from such a father he would get no real assistance however that may have been the young man was by no means despondent and succeeded in getting work at first giving sixpenny lessons and afterwards getting paragraphs on street incidents into the newspapers under the signature of eye-witness these paragraphs it was said were so interesting and piquant that they were soon taken this alone showed the young man's practical and intellectual superiority over the masses of needy and unfortunate students of both sexes who hang about the offices of the newspapers and journals unable to think of anything better than everlasting entreaties for copying and translations from the french having once got into touch with the editors 
ivan fyodorovitch always kept up his connection with them and in his latter years at the university he published brilliant reviews of books upon various special subjects so that he became well known in literary circles but only in his last year he suddenly succeeded in attracting the attention of a far wider circle of readers so that a great many people noticed and remembered him it was rather a curious incident when he had just left the university and was preparing to go abroad upon his two thousand roubles ivan fyodorovitch published in one of the more important journals a strange article which attracted general notice on a subject of which he might have been supposed to know nothing as he was a student of natural science the article dealt with a subject which was being debated everywhere at the time the position of the ecclesiastical courts after discussing several opinions on the subject he went on to explain his own view what was most striking about the article was its tone and its unexpected conclusion many of the church party regarded him unquestioningly as on their side and yet not only the secularists but even atheists joined them in their applause finally some sagacious persons opined that the article was nothing but an impudent satirical burlesque i mention this incident particularly because this article penetrated into the famous monastery in our neighbourhood where the inmates being particularly interested in the question of the ecclesiastical courts were completely bewildered by it learning the author's name they were interested in his being a native of the town and the son of that fyodor pavlovitch and just then it was that the author himself made his appearance among us why ivan fyodorovitch had come amongst us i remember asking myself at the time with a certain uneasiness this fateful visit which was the first step leading to so many consequences i never fully explained to myself it seemed strange on the face of it that a young man so learned so proud and apparently so cautious should suddenly visit such an infamous house and a father who had ignored him all his life hardly knew him never thought of him and would not under any circumstances have given him money though he was always afraid that his sons ivan and alexey would also come to ask him for it and here the young man was staying in the house of such a father had been living with him for two months and they were on the best possible terms this last fact was a special cause of wonder to many others as well as to me Pyotr Alexandrovitch Musov, of whom we have spoken already, the cousin of Fyodor Pavlovitch's first wife, happened to be in the neighborhood again on a visit to his estate. He had come from Paris, which was his permanent home. I remember that he was more surprised than anyone when he made the acquaintance of the young man, who interested him extremely, and with whom he sometimes argued, and not without an inner pang, compared himself in acquirements he is proud he used to say he will never be in want of pence he has got money enough to go abroad now what does he want here everyone can see that he hasn't come for money for his father would never give him any 
he has no taste for drink and dissipation and yet his father can't do without him they get on so well together that was the truth the young man had an unmistakable influence over his father who positively appeared to be behaving more decently and even seemed at times ready to obey his son though often extremely and even spitefully perverse it was only later that we learned that ivan had come partly at the request of and in the interests of his elder brother dmitri whom he saw for the first time on this very visit though he had before leaving moscow been in correspondence with him about an important matter of more concern to dmitri than himself what that business was the reader will learn fully in due time yet even when i did know of this special circumstance i still felt ivan fyodorovitch to be an enigmatic figure and thought his visit rather mysterious i may add that ivan appeared at the time in the light of a mediator between his father and his elder brother dmitri who was in open quarrel with his father and even planning to bring an action against him the family i repeat was now united for the first time and some of its members met for the first time in their lives the younger brother alexey had been a year already among us having been the first of the three to arrive it is of that brother alexey i find it most difficult to speak in this introduction yet i must give some preliminary account of him if only to explain one queer fact which is that i have to introduce my hero to the reader wearing the cassock of a novice yes he had been for the last year in our monastery and seemed willing to be cloistered there for the rest of his life End of section three.